Good morning on a beautiful Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on TalkingAlternative.com. We are Secrets of the Sire, talking about comics, movies, TV, music, and pop culture at large every Friday right here, TalkingAlternative.com. Had a big show planned, still have a big show planned, but had a big Walking Dead show planned because Walking Dead has returned. Um, however, there was a small, tiny indie flick that made it into theaters this weekend that uh, blew up and uh, figured it would be a great opportunity to address that and, uh, and give my take on uh, this little, small project called Deadpool that ended up taking in $135 million. Uh, at the box office at the holiday weekend. You know, every once in a while you have a radio host that goes on a limb uh, and, he, and he makes a bold prediction and is proven absolutely right. I mean, if you've been following my, uh, my blog the last four weeks, I've been saying nothing but great things about De- Deadpool. It's the next Guardians of the Galaxy. It's going to do huge. So, uh, you know, once again, I was 100% correct. Um, I don't know what Folks are reading, saying I said it wasn't going to do well, saying it, it had no shot. I, Sam, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I, I, I literally, I mean, you, could, you can go on the, uh, on the uh, podcast archives on iTunes, type in Secrets of the Sire, I believe it was episode two, and I, I mean, I, I sat here weeks ago and I said, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to blow up. It's going to be great. Sam is shaking his head um, as he knows I, I am fibbing. Yeah, no, I went on um, live a few weeks ago, and, I, and I, I just had my reservations. And I said, you know, I just don't know what it's going to do. And that's something that, um, you know, essentially, I want it to do well. I wanted it to do well. I didn't think it was going to do $135 million, and I'll tell you why. To this day, honestly, I don't even know how it did as well as it did. So I did manage to catch it. It's a good movie. It's a fun movie. No question. Ryan Reynolds was born to play Deadpool. Um, this, the movie itself, though, if you really break it down, kind of should have made around $65 million, $70 million. Um, Their budget was around $58 million. Um, It's a very niche um, movie. You know, for a movie that is so widely accepted... I mean, if you really, really break it down, there's a lot of inside jokes. There's a lot of inside fan jokes. There's characters we've never heard of. There's um, obscure references to other X-Men movies, which, again, were awesome. I thought the, the, the one scene where he says, uh, you know, uh, Colossus says, we have to go see the professor, and Deadpool goes, McAvoy or Stewart, these timelines are so confusing. Um, you know, awesome. These are all little awesome things. And, and for the diehards out there, um, it's, you know, that's just, that's just gold. Um, the love story was, I guess, where the mainstream audience was supposed to jump in on. Um, I loved, um, uh, Monica Baccarin, um, or is it Marina? Marina Baccarin. Um, she was, she was fantastic. Um, I thought Ryan Reynolds, obviously, he was born to play this role. He wanted it. He coveted it. So, you know, th- there's not, no reason to think that he wouldn't have done a great job. And, again, um, fun movie. Should it have made $135 million? I really, I'm still shocked that it did. Let's break it down in, in a couple different ways. One, the movie takes place in four scenes. I mean, there is just basically four scenes to this entire movie, um, maybe five if you count the bar. I'm actually kind of counting the, 
So let's go break it down. We have the highway. We have the aircraft carrier at the end. We have Weasel's Bar. We have um, Xavier's Mansion. Um, if I'm missing any, and, and the lab, the lab itself is the fifth scene um, where Deadpool is actually created. Um, the one cool part about the whole movie that I thought was actually pretty inventive um, was how he gets created and what this lab was actually doing. And and Sam needs to cover his ears. He hasn't he hasn't seen it yet. And uh, and again, for anybody who hasn't seen it, um, you know. Well, don't stop listening. I mean, that would just be silly. Just um, I'll try to keep it as spoiler-free as possible, um, but the um, you know as best as possible that I can do. So the lab where he's created, um, I thought was the most inventive part. I thought Colossus looked a little, uh, you know. I mean, he go look at him in X two. I know they had a huge budget for X two, but I mean, you know, they have special effects they have um you know negasonic teenage warhead is blasting things and blowing stuff up i I mean you would think they could do a little bit better colossus i mean he looks like schwarzenegger with body paint um wrapped up in he honestly looks like a kid's talent show like like you know you're you're at a high school like talent show and they they need to like bring colossus out on stage that's kind of what he looked like um i i I'm not sure where they put the $58 million that they invested into the movie. I know how much they invested in the marketing, and we'll get to the marketing in a little bit. But um, Colossus itself, not, not generally that impressed. So, first of all, took place in five scenes, which I actually applaud. It's actually an indie movie. I mean, if you really break it down, it's an indie movie. takes place in five scenes. Awesome. You know, very creative. The jokes were good. Some were laugh-out-loud funny. Some were wink-wink, nudge-nudge funny. Um, Ryan Reynolds in general, I love. Um, You know, it was kind of like Van Wilder being in a superhero costume. So, hey, I'm all about that. I think that's fantastic. Um, But again, it was was just a nonstop barrage of, of jokes. And again, Deadpool's character is this, so I'm actually not even criticizing that. Um, I thought that couple weird moments in the movie where I'm kind of sitting there saying, why is Colossus condoning Deadpool chopping guys' heads off and stabbing people and meanwhile wants him to be a hero? Not sure, you know, uh, you know, Deadpool came in, so Deadpool came in as a villain, we all know this, came in New Mutants 98, um, Deadpool also, you know, eventually became a, a an anti-hero, a reluctant hero. I mean, again, he became popular, so they needed to make a series for him, so they made a series for him, and you can't necessarily have him, um, you know, you could do a Punisher-style series, but at the end of the day, you can't necessarily have Deadpool um, as a likable, you know, hero in a, in a major picture going off and, and, and being a bad guy, which is essentially what he was. Um, but that being said, I can't un- understand Colossus would condone, um, or not just condone him killing people. Bad guys, sure, they're bad guys. I get it. Um, but then wanting to invite him to be an X-Men, it just seemed a little silly. Um, look, these are, these, are, these are minor little things that I had with it. It was a fun movie. It was a cute movie. It was kind of everything I expected it to be. So for it to make $135 million, the only explanation I can really give is that we made it happen. That's right. By me going on the air four weeks ago, 
Um, only my second episode. Apparently, I have huge sway. I mean, I must have enraged the masses across the world um, to to rally behind this movie. So that must be that must be it. There's nothing else. There's no other way to to describe it. Um, Secrets of the Sire is responsible for making Deadpool 135 million. It's not the marketing. It's not the fan base. It's not uh, all the uh, the peeps who have uh, been begging for this movie. No, it was us. It was us. Um, okay, so let's let's talk real quick here about how it it really kind of kind of made it because I think that's an important um, breakdown. Every week, every Wednesday, um, we uh, we we hit the blog, and um, this week's blog was going to be all Walking Dead. This was going to be a huge Walking Dead extravaganza. Brought to you by our sponsors at Sports Tech. They're the proud sponsors of Secrets of the Sire. Unlock your golf game through the ultimate hands-free golf tool that can tell you everything you need to lower your score, improve your swing without the need for a club wart or moving devices. Go to their GoFundMe page, gofundme.com slash sports tech, and sponsor them. You can earn some cool swag and be... um, be on the move to the top of the line when the product launches. Um, so be a part of something special there. So yeah, so we were going to do a huge Walking Dead, and we're still going to talk about Walking Dead um, show today. Um, but again, Deadpool was just huge, and uh, and we have to break it down. So instead, on on Wednesday of doing a Walking Dead blog, I decided to do the three reasons that that Deadpool uh, was a success. Um, I already spoke about the one reason was us clearly enraging the masses that they didn't even know. Um, that they wanted to see Deadpool, and they did. But number one marketing was the marketing. Sorry, number one reason was the marketing. Um, it was ridiculous. Between the NBA Christmas ads, uh, the shots of Ryan Reynolds on bearskin rugs, um, the marketing department at Fox deserves you know all the credit. And essentially from what my insiders tell me, the marketing budget was bigger than the actual budget for the film um it was right around the same don't get me wrong but it was still as much if not slightly more expensive and look it paid off um it actually it created something it created a buzz around a movie where you know they're again this is an obscure character this is a cult character um you know, so in that regards, the marketing was was huge everyone knows that um an interesting article I read though actually kind of explained it in a different way. There is something out there called the superhero fatigue. Oh, yeah. Periscope people as well. Find me on Periscope people. You can uh, at Michael underscore Dolce. Um, you can chime in as well. Can't deny it kicked ass. That's right. It was, a, it, was a, it was definitely a lot of cool action in it. But there's something going on called the superhero fatigue factor. Okay? So Forbes magazine actually published this article, and I read it, and I thought it was actually really interesting. Um, Deadpool gave fans something different, thwarting a situation known as a super- superhero fatigue. Um, basically what that is is that there are so many comic book slash superhero movies out there now that people are looking for something different. The R rating... How many R-rated movies are now going to come out thanks to this movie? Which, again, look, it's a treat for us. It's a treat for our fans. Um, my cousin last night, we were watching the movie, says Wolverine 3 is now rumored to be the next R-rated movie that Marvel comes out with. Which, hey, would that be awesome? Yes. Absolutely. Would it be awesome to see Wolverine slicing and dicing people up um, in real-life fashion? Absolutely. Um, but, again, the bottom line for Deadpool, it gave fans something different. This is not... 
really, I mean, you know, they, they kept tailoring it as I'm not a hero, I'm not a hero, but I'm going to act like a hero, um, you know, because they're worried. You could tell. I mean, you could tell there's, there's studio executives saying people don't want to see a bad guy running around chopping people's heads off um, and be the main star of the film uh, in a superhero universe, but they do. And, and Deadpool kind of gave them that. And that's something that um, ultimately led to them scoring big at the box office. And again, the number one reason that they did well was we just we, we totally said it was not going to do well. And, and, and I, like to, uh, I like to own up to my mistakes. Uh, we got a great show coming up. Uh, we are live on You Now, which is also streaming to YouTube. And uh, one of these days, I'll, I'll figure out all this technology. It's not an easy thing for me, multitasking. We've got Periscope peeps chiming in. Uh, Saint Girl 878 has been a loyal Periscope follower. It's been really, really great. Um, it's been really great to, uh, to interact with. Uh, definitely chime in. Let me know what you think. Uh, we'll be talking Deadpool for the next segment. And then we'll switch over to Walking Dead. Walking Dead, I have a Twitter poll um, is it the best TV adaption from a comic book source material on the air right now? So, coming up, more Deadpool, switching over to Walking Dead, Secrets of the Sire. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to, to 21st, 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. We break down comics, movies, TV, music, and pop culture at large every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com. Uh, we have a call-in number, too, so if anybody would like to uh, call in and comment and uh, rub it in my face, um, that would be awesome. I love it. I bring it on. Um, look, I was wrong. I, I, I definitely was wrong. I had an industry uh, insider by the name of Jeff Gomez. He is a... Um, Transmedia specialist. He's like the authority in transmedia. He's going to be on uh, in a few weeks. We're going to do a shared universe topic discussion. Um, not multimedia, not taking a character and going into multimedia, but instead doing uh, But what he actually specializes in is transmedia, something that is something uh, people don't necessarily know. How do you create a shared universe? So he actually emailed me over the weekend and just said, you're usually spot on. How did you miss this one? And I said, well, to be honest with you, um, 
I I just did. <laughs> There's no explanation. You, the fans out there, chime in. Uh, chime in with us. If I'm stuttering or sputtering, it's because uh, my wife and I just had our first baby, son James Michael. Was born Saturday night, six pounds fourteen ounces. Um, amazingly, I'm sleeping, but I'm not quite there. I think that's the best way to describe. So if I am uh, stuttering or sputtering. Uh, speaking of upcoming events as well, we've got a really awesome event happening the end of March. We are uh, teaming up with the guys from Bad Coyote Funky. Kind of tackle a uh, similar playground that we do. Uh, interested in comics, gaming, movies, and TV shows. Check them out for everything you actually care about without the saturated fat of news fluff. I'm just fat period, um, at badcoyotefunky.com and join them for live gaming sessions at twitch.tv slash badcoyotefunky. Um, we're going to be doing a joint podcast show Thursday, March 24th. I'll be joining them on their podcast live. We're going to break down uh, Dark Knight Returns and how it kind of impacts Superman Batman. Uh, we're going to be talking about Superman Batman on both the podcast, and my show the next day. I'm going to have uh, some of the gentlemen down here live at the studio, and we're going to go through that. And then we're also going to break down the cardinal sin of movie trailers. Do movie trailers give away too much? So that's kind of cool stuff happening, but uh, back to Deadpool. Um, What I would say when it comes to the detractors of me, (laughs) I can take a joke. I can take a I can take a, a comment. I can admit when I'm wrong, and uh, in this particular case, I was. We had some of our um, Periscope peeps who were chiming in, talking about uh, you know, did the movie kick ass? I saw it twice. Um, you know, I had some people tweet me saying, uh, yeah. So about about that. Dot dot dot. Um, yeah, no. You know what? I'm actually happy. Again, at the at the end of the day, I am a comic book fan. I am a guy that wants these movies to succeed. I'm a guy that has been living and uh, breathing this stuff for 20 years uh, of my life. I'm well, actually, I guess, 25 now. Oh my god, I'm getting so old. This is uh, this is no good. It's just no good. Um, chime in. Um, oh, and we got no spoilers. Yes, uh, unfortunately, it's a week old now. So in 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 uh, in uh, movie terms, that's a that's a huge. Gap. I'm going to do my best not to spoil it, um, except for that part where he lands the spaceship. That was crazy. And the aliens at the end, what was that all about? Sam, See, Sam hasn't seen it either. Sam's my engineer. Uh, he has no idea that I am fibbing and, uh, and that there were no aliens. Um, there was no, uh, no that, that scene in the zoo that I was talking to him about. That didn't happen either. Um, don't worry. We are as spoiler-free as humanly possible. Um, we're on Periscope at Michael underscore Dolce. Um, we are on you now. Y-O-U-N-O-W dot com. We're also streaming, hopefully, live on YouTube. It tells me we are, so that would be great. Um, Go look up Secrets of the Sire. And again, if you miss any of this stuff, you can catch the podcast um, on iTunes every Monday. Just type in Secrets of the Sire. Go to iTunes or any of your podcasting software, and you can can, uh, download the previous um, episode. Got Chime In from Periscope. Does he die? Um, If you know anything about Deadpool... You know that he kind of can't. Um, I mean, I guess he kind of can. Uh, Saint Girl eight seven eight. 
at Periscope also had an awesome comment uh, earlier in the show, um, which was, did you expect him to blast laser beams from his eyes or shoot laser beams from his eyes? That's a reference to Wolverine Origins, which actually had Deadpool. It had Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool um, in the movie, and what a god-awful movie that was. Um, difference between Deadpool and Wolverine Origins um, well, okay, <laughs> actually, that's a terribly phrased comment. Um, the difference in both movies were technically successful. Uh, Wolverine Origins uh, did, you know, it beat its budget. Um, the character's insanely popular. Um, but, boy, was it critically panned, and, and, and well-deservedly so. It was an awful movie. Deadpool was the central villain, or turned out he was the central villain. Um, the only good part about that movie was Gambit. I thought uh, Tyler Kitsch played an amazing Gambit, so um, kudos to him. Um, but boy, what a terrible, terrible movie that was. Um, Deadpool was, was a lot of fun. It was an indie movie, though. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. This, this really, um, it shouldn't have done as well i just really I just, i'm still like i'm sh- i'm in shock it would have been successful i could see that let's compare it to another movie though that that kind of came in i don't want to say under the radar but was an under the radar comic book which was guardians of the galaxy and we actually talked about that in the previous uh blog post and the previous uh show a couple weeks ago and i actually thought okay it had the uh, it had the makings to potentially be a guardians of the galaxy in the sense of it's an obscure comic book character. It actually has much more of a fandom than Guardians did. Because no one, no one, no one, no one read Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I read the Valentino run back in the 90s. I thought that was really cool. It was really awesome. Um, the the book, though, that it was based off of for the movie, um, you know, that was an obscure um, reboot a few years ago. It was like a miniseries. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was... So for that to have been as huge as it was, was a complete shock. So Deadpool and Guardians of the Galaxy kind of line up. They're kind of similar in that sense. Um, But I thought the fandom of Deadpool, the cult fandom, was actually going to be its downfall. It was going to be too wink-wink, nudge-nudge. It was going to be too... um, too in your, you know, too like, hey, I got to appease the fans, so I'm going to alienate some mainstream um, casual moviegoers. Um, but it but it turned out not to. Um, Guardians actually had a huge budget, though, and that's kind of the huge difference between Deadpool and Guardians. And that actually kind of makes what Deadpool did this weekend even more impressive. I mean, could you imagine? This thing had a $58 million budget. It had Ryan Reynolds, who, you know, he's on every magazine cover everywhere. Um, People magazine, Men's Health. I mean, the guy's pretty ripped. I mean, there's no question about that. Um you know, my wife and I both are pretty impressed by uh, seeing him with a shirt off. I mean, me, I'm a little more envious. Um, she's a little more, well, you know, whatever. Um, but he kind of flopped in, in Green Lantern. Um, again, his original Deadpool was, yes, my wife just actually chimed in on Periscope with a bunch of hearts, uh, smiley faces with hearts in them. Yes, yes, uh, I, I'm not jealous. I am not jealous. You have my baby. You, you're not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he had been in Deadpool. He had been in uh, Wolverine Origins as Deadpool a few years ago. So that, you know, also critically panned. Green Lantern critically panned. Um, he was in Blade Trinity. A lot of people actually liked that movie. I thought it was okay. thought it was good. Um, he hasn't really, you know, Van Wilder was his, was his creme de la creme of movies, 
You know, that was his that was his movie that um, Sam shaking his head. Van Wilder was a uh, was one of those DVD favorites in college uh, in the early 2000s where he basically was Deadpool going to college without any superpowers, just the ability to kind of do whatever he wanted to kind of like an animal house um, for the 2000s. Um, That was, again, where he really, really um, shined was was uh, was in that movie. So, you know, it's not like he was a big star, big celebrity. He was a celebrity, but never a big star. Um, it only had two X-Men characters in it, of which Deadpool actually makes a great fourth wall comment about, which I thought was actually really hilarious. Um, all the makings for a movie that would, you know, again, kind of come under the radar, but makes it way more impressive than Guardians. Guardians had a hundred over $100 million budget with uh, Marvel. Um, it has the luxury of being a Marvel Studios movie. I mean, that's something we haven't talked about either. Fox with the X-Men is hit or miss. I mean, we have X-Men, which actually kicked off the comic book um, movie phenomenon. Um, that is like, uh, I guess you could technically say Blade, and we'll, we'll talk about Blade in a little bit. Um, you could technically say Blade kicked it off in 97, but truly X-Men in 2000 was the, was the kickoff of the, hey, people actually want to see these movies if you make them really good. Um, you know, renaissance that we're kind of experiencing now. X2 is by far the best X-Men movie, I thought. Um, you know, actually really kind of had Brian Singer cut loose, but then you had the god-awful Brett Ratner X3. Um, First Class was nice. It was it was a cute movie. It was kind of like a, hey, remember us? We're not that bad, um, you know, kind of movie. Um, but ultimately... You know, then you dab Days of Futures Past, which kind of brought it back, was another good movie. Um, but again, X-Men movies can be hit or miss. It doesn't have the luxury of a shared universe um, where Deadpool, you know, kind of fits into that shared universe. We're kind of seeing it now a little bit, which is kind of cool also. But again, all these great reasons um, to kind of really celebrate what they did with this movie. And at the end of the day, I guess the ultimate resolution to this is that the reason it did so well is exactly the reason I said it wasn't going to do well. It's because of the fans. Fans wanted it. Fans clamored for it. Ryan Reynolds wanted it, clamored for it. He probably leaked the test footage that got the movie made. He's saying he didn't. Uh, Tim Miller, he might have done it. He's saying he didn't. I don't know. I don't know. You know, Whoever out there um, braved the risk of releasing test footage to get this movie made, You know, kudos to that guy or girl. Um, but ultimately, the fans are the ones that I think are, are the reason it's doing as well or did as well. Um, I had a comment from a friend of mine who said, there are people that have Deadpool tattoos, have never read a single Deadpool comic. Um, there are people that are Deadpool fans simply from the cosplay environment of conventions. Um, so ultimately, the $135 million is a testament to how far-reaching this character has gotten. Ultimately, you know, if you look at people in general they have like wolverine tattoos wolverine is one of those characters that just everyone knows and everyone loves and even before the movies just kind of knew him and loved him um turns out deadpool is also one of the same um we have some people chiming in you can always email my inbox it's uh mike at secrets of the sire.com can always reach out to us we always love getting feedback um coming up next though why isn't deadpool bisexual well actually hang on I'll answer that question right now. Deadpool. Why isn't Deadpool bisexual? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to phrase this as to not give away any of the good jokes in the movie. But if you are what if you've, if you've seen the movie, there is certainly a particular scene 
uh, with Morena Baccarin that, um, you know, left my head scratching a little bit, but gives hope to anyone out there in, in Periscope land and in Internet land the um, possibility that he could be bisexual. I mean, he's, he's, maybe he's pansexual. Maybe that's just what he does. All right, coming up next, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We'll be taking your comments, so please uh, chime in. Mike at secretsofthesire.com. You can email me. You can go to our Facebook page, slash secretsofthesire.com, slash secretsofthesire, and chime in with your comments and questions. I'll definitely answer them. Um, But coming up next, we're going to talk about Walking Dead. Is it the best adaption of a comic book out there right now? Is Deadpool better? We take your calls, your emails, your tweets, your Periscope comments next. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. Are you looking for a show where people talk about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Well, then you have come to the right place because The Rob and Callie Show is doing just that. For the last 10 years, Rob and I have been having our own version of Sunday morning therapy sessions on the phone, and now we're bringing it to the radio. So tune in and call in live Wednesdays, 8 to 8.30 on talkradio.myc. And that's Eastern Standard Time, so join us. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back. I don't think we're even going to get to Walking Dead today. I think we've got too many people chiming in on Deadpool, and I love it. That's what I want. I want people chiming in. I want people to kind of kind of give me their opinion. Um, on Twitter, my handle is at Michael underscore Dolce. Craig at Man Caruso said it wasn't that great. I, I gave it a B minus. I gave Deadpool a B minus. I thought Deadpool was uh, a lot of fun, but... Ultimately, it was an indie flick. That's what it was to me. Uh, Calvin McAlby, I hope, uh, KW user 21, um, actually chimed in and said, uh, because it should have made way more, to the question of it should never have made $135 million. It was amazing. Uh, you know what? And I'm going to say, um, look, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was definitely something that it just... For a $58 million movie, it kept it tight. I'll give it that. It kept it to a tight script. It kept it to a, it kept it to a tight um, plot line. It, get, it kept it to all the things that would ultimately make it work. If they tried to do some cheesy, cheesy, cheesy special effects, which, again, I don't know how they messed up Colossus because there were some really cool special effects in it, but I thought Colossus looked awful. Um... If they kept it to, you know, they kept, they stayed within their bounds, essentially. And that's how it ended up, you know, kind of, kind of doing it, doing what it was supposed to do. So 
I think ultimately also to say it was amazing, it's tough to say it was amazing. Can you really say it's amazing? I thought it was a good introduction. I'm actually curious now what they're going to do with the with the second with the sequel. Um, I wrote an article. I write for Inquisitor.com, um, and I wrote that they're talking about having Cable, another Liefeld character, actually be um, the main, you know, sidekick. I guess. Um, and if he comes in, what do you guys think of that? What do you guys think? Um, if Cable was to actually be in the movie, I think that actually brings up a good point. Can Deadpool actually carry his own movie? I mean, he's the main star of this movie. Um, however, he's really not actually, if you, if you think about it. He is and he's not. I mean, he's, he's there. Um, and he's obviously the central character. But he's also the... Um, he's kind of buoyed by Colossus. He's, he's buoyed... Um, by all the different, um, you know, side characters, Angel, uh, Francis, the villain, Ajax, um, you know, he's kind of buoyed by all this. And if Cable's in it, I mean, Deadpool works best kind of playing off of other people. I mean, I, th- I think it was kind of cool um, that he was um, kind of forced into this superhero role. Um, I, I thought it was really cool that he was able to kind of jump the fourth wall numerous times when he talked to the viewer and talked to the moviegoer. Um, but ultimately, his best, I thought the best lines is when he's playing off of characters like Weasel, um, characters like Negasonic Teenage Warhead, who was awesome, actually, in, her, in, her, in all of her emo glory. Um, you know, Angel Dust was, was pretty cool, the fight between her and Colossus. Again, try not to spoil too much, but... It's been, it's been out there for a week. I have a baby, and if I was able to see it, uh, I, I, you guys have no excuse at this point. That's the way I look at it. Um, I had a little periscope difficulty, as usual. Um, but chime in. Let me know your thoughts. We had um, Tandra Jones on the Facebook page. Come over to the Deadpool side, Mike. Just do it. We have cookies. Again, never against Deadpool just in terms of how it was going to do at the box office. Um, that was kind of where I was going with that. Um, we talked about Blade, and actually Sam and I during the break were talking about Blade. Uh, Sam actually said to me um, that he had no idea that Blade was even a Marvel comic book character until like well after the movie was out there. We had someone else on Periscope, and I apologize. We lost our Periscope feed momentarily, but then we got it back going again. Um, you know, say that Blade wasn't promoted by Marvel. Given a little hi- giving a little history for everyone out there... Um, Comic book movies were essentially dead, and look, people that are in the industry know this, but for, for people kind of coming in, all the newbies, the youngsters, uh, people that, you know, maybe were born in the 90s versus, um, you know, growing up in the 90s like me, myself, uh, comic book movies were effectively dead after the god-awful Joel Schumacher Batmans, the nipple, it was Nipplegate, um, with, uh, with George Clooney as, uh, as Batman back in the day, so, you know, he essentially killed comic book movies. Studios looked at it and said, well, you can't make money off these things. Tim Burton's Batman, that was a fluke. Christopher Reeve's Superman, you know, we can't ever replicate that again. Let's not do it. Um, So when Blade actually came out in 1997, it was not promoted as a comic book movie. And it was an obscure comic book character. And it was all done purposely. 
I mean, it was done purposely. It was to camouflage it. Hey, by the way, it came from a comic book. But, hey, you can still see it. It's still, it's still okay to see because it's not a comic book movie. Don't think it's a comic book movie. Uh, don't think there's going to be campy violence and campy words. No, no, no. Come, come, come to the theaters. It's okay. It's okay. It's a vampire movie. It's a vampire movie. It's not a comic book movie. Okay. Great. X-Men changed everything in 2000 um, after that. Um, so when our Periscope user actually said it wasn't promoted by Marvel, that's because to promote it as a Marvel film in 97, as much as, again, we're talking 15 years ago now. Uh, oh, wait. <laughs> dear God. We're talking almost 20 years ago now. It's 2016, 1997. There's the math part. Oh, boy. To promote it as a comic book movie, to promote it as a Marvel movie would be would, would actually be akin in a studio's mind to a death sentence. Now, Marvel this. We're a Marvel Studios. We are a shared universe. We are, we, you know, it's amazing. 20 years ago and how much things have changed now. It's, uh, it's really, I mean, it's really something else. I mean, it's really something else um, how things changed. So, welcome back all my Periscope peeps. I do apologize. Uh, we are also streaming on you now. So go to younow.com, and I'm Michael underscore Dolce, same as my Twitter handle. I promised a show uh, Twitter handle, um, but I had a baby this weekend, so, yeah. I got the, you know, having a baby is like the universal excuse. You know, if I came here and not seen Deadpool, I'd be like, hey, I had a baby. I had a baby. So, take that, internet. Um, but no, I did manage to see it, and uh, and it was it was good. I gave it a B minus. What is uh, chime in? Let me know what your scores are. Just give me um, some grades. Don't explain it heavily um, to anybody else who joined. Generola just joined. My wife is on. Give me your give me your grade. Actually, she wasn't able to actually see it last night um, because our baby was being fussy, um, and so she had to deal with with him, which is what mothers do and good mothers do. She picked our baby over Deadpool. The nerve of her. Um, you know, some people said it was, it was good. It was fun. Um, again, we got some, some Twitter, um, Twitter feedback and, you know, people said it was amazing. Craig at man Caruso said it wasn't that great. Deadpool was okay. I wasn't a big fan of some of the stunts I did for Ryan overall two out of 10. Now that's a little too harsh, I think. Uh, but we thank you if up oh, your Twitter hand, your, your, your Periscope handle is fading. Um, you know, again, it was it's an indie movie, and that's, I think, what I was kind of talking about the whole time. It's really kind of just an indie movie. Um, so some of the stunts were kind of cool. Some of the action was cool. Some of the special effects were cool. Um, you know, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, that was actually, she was my personal favorite in the movie. Um, and I thought she was kind of, she's like that that um, that one guy in every, like, kung fu movie that just kind of sits quiet in the corner. And you're just waiting for that for that character to just do something really awesome, and and that was her. Uh, T.J. Miller too. I haven't spoken enough about T.J. Miller. Um, that guy is just awesome. Sam, do you watch Silicon Valley on HBO? He's shaking. His, oh boy, uh, we are educating Sam here. So Sam, our engineer, uh, he is, helps run this show. One of these days, I'm gonna have to get an assistant to run all the multimedia because I am like dangling on five different uh, things right now. Um, my Periscope feed, my YouNow feed. I'm, I'm trying to reference our Facebook page. You can chime in, Mike, at secretsofthesire.com. Shameless plug, shameless plug, shameless plug. Um, TJ Miller on Silicon Valley is unbelievable. I recommend that show. We're going to talk about that show uh, coming up in April. 
Game of Thrones comes back. It comes on after Game of Thrones. So if you're a Game of Thrones fan, stick around for Silicon Valley. Can't say enough about that show. It's amazing. Uh, T.J. Miller in this movie was also amazing. Um, you know, he was definitely a highlight. Um, you know, for for the uh, for the Deadpool movie. Angel Dust was good. Ajax was okay uh, as the villain. I mean. Don't exactly know enough about him. Don't know why he, you know, is doing what he's doing. But, you know, it's okay. Uh, Ryan Reynolds kind of keeps the pace moving in the show. So, in the movie. So, I wouldn't say it's the worst. I I, I wouldn't say it's 2 out of 10, um, which one of our Periscope users kind of gave it. I'd give it a 6 to 7 out of 10. I don't think it was the most amazing movie either. I just don't know how anybody could even really think that. It's it's just not, it's just not big enough. It's It's... It's got a lot of good elements to it. It's got a lot of fun elements to it. I don't understand how we could say it's 10 out of 10, seeing it twice kind of thing. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. That's just, uh, that's just me uh, personally. So we had a Twitter poll. If you go to my Twitter uh, homepage, it's at Michael underscore Dolce. Um, so we actually put this Twitter poll up, again, before all the Deadpool stuff, or we had this in, in mind. Walking Dead comes back, um, and it came back on Sunday. Um is it the best current adaption on TV? And instead of kind of doing that, I kind of put it up against Daredevil, Arrow. Um, I put an other category because I thought other might be, uh, you know, very um, sufficient for this. I'm going to say Walking Dead versus Deadpool. Those are the two hot adaptions that we have going on right now. Is Deadpool better than Walking Dead? in terms of taking the source material and turning it into something greater. And what I mean by that, look, these are two different universes. One's TV, one is movies. I mean, this is, look, these are two different mediums. I'm not trying to say that. Walking Dead, to me, as a TV show, actually is way, way better than the comic. If anybody's read the comic book for Walking Dead, it's, it doesn't deliver the kind of punch that the TV show is able to do. So let's go back to season two of Walking Dead. And uh, we'll be coming up against a break pretty soon, but I'll get into this um, in more depth in the next segment. Sophia, okay, for anybody, look, <laughs> I'm trying not to spoil the Deadpool movie, but if you haven't seen any Walking Dead, if you haven't seen season two of Walking Dead that took place five years ago, I can't help you. Um, Walking Dead season two. The most epic part about season two of Walking Dead was where's Sophia? We can't find Sophia. Sophia's missing. She ends up being discovered in the uh, season finale as part of a herd of walkers that Herschel was keeping in the barn. And we're watching this. My dad and I, we bond over this. And we're watching this just, uh, we're like tensing up. We're tightened up. We're clenching fists. We're, we're chattering teeth. We are just, we are so engrossed in it. And this big moment comes that Herschel, the entire time that they're on the farm, has been hoarding walkers and hoarding them in this in this barn because he believes they can eventually be turned back to human beings. Huge, huge moment. Go read the comic book. Rick and company find Herschel, sit down with him in two panels. Hey, we're on the farm. Do whatever you want in the farm. We got plenty of food. Enjoy. By the way, don't go in the don't go in the barn. There's a bunch of walkers in there. That's how the comic book basically does this. This gut wrenching, unbelievable moment. Is explained in two panels in the comic book. Well, when we come back, we'll, uh, boy, we're running, we're really running up against the wall here. I appreciate all the uh, Periscope users and people who chimed in. I'm going to talk about Deadpool versus Walking Dead 
talking about comic book adaptions, and then we'll pick up this conversation again during the week on the blog and next week's show as well. But stick around. More Deadpool, more Walking Dead, Secrets of the Sire. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back. We are hitting the home stretch of Secrets of the Sire. Go rolling in the deep. Dragon War 18, welcome on Periscope. want to welcome all our Periscope people, but we also want to uh, thank our sponsor, Sports Tech, proud sponsor of Secrets of the Sire. Unlock your golf game through the ultimate hands-free golf tool that can tell you everything you need to lower your score and improve your swing without the need for a club wart or moving devices from club to club. Go visit their GoFundMe page, gofundme.com slash sportstech, S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-K. Go check them out. They're awesome, um, and they are, they are our awesome sponsor. Um, programming alert, coming up next month, we are doing a um, joint show with the folks at Bad Coyote Funky. It's an awesome name. I've really come around on it. At first, I was like, what the hell is that? Bad Coyote Funky. But it sticks, and it sticks with you. So in that regard, awesome name. Uh, basic idea, they talk about movies, gaming, comics, uh, pretty much anything that is under the nerd news umbrella. Sounds familiar. Makes it a perfect match. We're going to talk Dark Knight Returns um, on that Thursday on their show, and then they're going to join me on my show on Friday, March 25th. So catch us on Bad Coyote Funky on Twitch TV or Twitch.tv, and then... Uh, Jump on over here to TalkingAlternative.com the next day where we talk about Superman, Batman, and the cardinal sin that a lot of studios are doing these days, which is giving away the entire movie in the trailer. And that's something that I, for one, can't stand. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world, especially Superman, Batman. We don't need. We have Superman versus Batman. We don't need to know every last detail of that movie. But hey, I'll save that for then. We're talking Deadpool. Um... People are just chiming in left and right on the um, Twitter page, at Michael Dolce, at Michael underscore Dolce. Periscope peeps as well, chiming in. Um, now's your time. Any Periscope peeps, any questions on uh, Deadpool, anything that you'd like us to kind of uh, discuss. Deadpool movie better than the comic. Okay. Great. Uh, 
See, I, lo- I love uh, Squire 02. That's exactly the segue we wanted to talk about. We were talking about Walking Dead before um, in the last break and how I think the comic book is not even close to the to the TV show. And uh, we're going to have to talk about Walking Dead next week because we really, you know, we need an entire show based on that. Deadpool movie. Is it better than the comic or worse? Uh, worse is not the right word. Is it is basically which is better? What's the better ad- adaptation? Deadpool comic book, to be honest with you, there are so many iterations of the Deadpool comic. It really makes it hard, right? It makes it hard to say, like, what is better? I don't know. Um, which Deadpool series are you referencing? Are you re- referencing him back in the Liefeld days? Are you referencing him back in the Joe Kelly days? Um, the Gail Simone days? Um, actually have a, a good friend of mine, Buddy Scalera, wrote Deadpool as well um, back in the 90s. Uh, I mean, there are so many iterations of the Deadpool comic. And the movie has the luxury, right, of being able to kind of draw from all the source material, kind of pick and choose what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. So in that regards, they're, they're kind of lucky. They're kind of fortunate that they can kind of, kind of wade through. Oh, no pun intended. No pun intended. They can kind of wade through all of the uh, the different um, uh, plot lines, characters. Walking Dead also has that luxury. Look, the comic book came out, you know, years before the TV series. So in that regard, um, it almost makes sense that the TV show is better than the comic. It almost makes sense. Um, we actually asked a whole bunch of folks on the Secrets of the Sire page... Um, if you can give me some examples of TV shows and or movies that are just, you know, way, way better. Blade kept coming up. Blade was definitely one of those things. Again, Blade and Deadpool kind of fall into the same category, though, right? I mean, uh, essentially, it doesn't have a canon. Um, it has a lot of different, you know, variations. It has a lot of different iterations creators that have worked on it there's no definitive creator i mean it's not it's not like walk uh, walking dead where you know they essentially you know have one writer he's going to write it for the rest of his of his life most likely um i mean you might have some spin-offs you might have some things like that but for the most part you have one guy kind of steering the ship on that deadpool has had multiple iterations blade also um you know that one kept coming up uh dennis calero uh, we're going to have him on the show in a couple weeks as well. He's promoting a new book as well. Um, terrific artist, tremendous artist in the industry. Worked on X Factor in the industry. He chimed in that the Flash TV series might not be better, but is as darn good as one as anything out there right now. Um, for the Twitter poll, we actually talked about Green Arrow, uh, or sorry, Arrow being an adaptation. And Arrow's supposed to be great. I haven't watched that. Um, yeah, I know. See, now Sam's thumbs up on that. See, I think Sam's a DC guy. And I think that's what it comes to. No, no, no. He's shaking his head. He's a Marvel guy. But I'm a Marvel guy. I'm, I'm, I'm neutral. All right. Sam is neutral. He's shaking his head and he's saying he's neutral in the back there. Um, I was always a Marvel guy, so I'm going to gravitate. You know, I haven't watched Legends of Tomorrow. Periscope World, anybody watching Legends of Tomorrow? Chime in. Is it any good? I, I, I have no idea who these characters are. Um, Flash, from what I, what I read, is just a fun, fun show. Um, and again, Flash... Doesn't have a definitive canon. Doesn't have a definitive. Um, he has multiple iterations of the character. I mean, you know, you have, you have Barry Allen. You have, um, you know, which one is the is the current version? I don't even remember. Um, you have different guys doing different things. So the show can ultimately pick and choose. And I think Deadpool the movie can kind of pick and choose, and that's kind of that's kind of important too. Um, 
trying to think what other TV show out there is doing it better. We have Jessica Jones. We got Daredevil. Now, Daredevil as a TV show right now is doing tremendous things versus what it did in the comics, um, only because it could be so bad so easily. So I actually give Daredevil Netflix show uh, the thumbs up. I would say the comic book is better, though. Um, I think that when you're talking about adaptations, generally speaking, I would think, I don't know, nine out of ten times, the comic book is going to be better. Or, or I'll say this, the source material is going to be better than the adaptation. Um, and I think in Daredevil's case, that is the case. That is the truth. Um, however, as a TV show, it kicks so much butt, and it and it does it in such a gritty, realistic way that, you know, I think they're I think they're doing great. I think that the writing in Walking Dead, um, the comic book is not as strong most of the time. Um, but we had one uh, one listener actually chime in that it all depends on what you read or see first, because in a lot of ways. And this is actually a true statement, right? I mean, if I'm watching Deadpool for the first time, uh, Tandra also commented she wanted to know, you know, what other powers is he supposed to have? So there's obviously, uh, that's a casual movie fan. She's not going to know the comic book. Um, maybe when she reads the comic, she'll say, oh, no, I don't, I don't understand. You know, the movie was so much better because the movie to her is the first experience she has with Deadpool, and she's going to ultimately say that. Walking Dead, I actually read, I actually watched the show before I read the comic. So maybe my judgment on it is biased to the fact that I think the TV show was just so good. When reading the comic, I kind of said, uh, you know, maybe it's not as good for that. I don't think that's the case. I think there's, I'm looking at it from a writer standpoint, and we'll touch on this next week uh, when we do our All Walking Dead show next week instead. We'll actually do Walking Dead and the Oscars because we were going to do an Oscar show next week, but... Um, that's, uh, that's what I love, actually. I love when people can kind of uh, chime in with different different things. We we appreciate all our Periscope peeps. Um, if I can figure out you now, which will be the first thing that I do uh, this week, uh, maybe we get some some peeps in there too, and we'll have a live line that people can kind of chime in on as well. Because uh, I love the interaction. I love hearing it. I don't mind that I was wrong on Deadpool. Um, it actually made for a great show. Again, we were going to just do Walking Dead today and talk strictly Walking Dead. Um, but holy cow, it made $135 million at the box office, Deadpool. So got to talk about it. Got to own up to it. Got to say I was wrong. Oops. Um, but really do appreciate it. Um, all, the, uh, all the conversation that, that kind of re- revolves around it. Um, next week kind of mentioned it we're going to we're going to touch on a whole bunch of things you can check out our blog every week every wednesday we have a new blog post kind of sets the uh sets the stage for what we're going to be talking about we also post a podcast recap um you can go to talkingalternative.com usually the day of or the next day if you want to download it uh, i'm putting a lot of pressure on sam because uh He's like, nah, sometimes, sometimes it's not. But uh, every Monday, we generally have it on iTunes. You can search Secrets of the Sire, and you can check it out there. I want to give a shout-out to our friends at First Contact. There's a Queens, it's at LaGuardia Airport this weekend. Um, the people who run that are fantastic, and I actually would be attending the show as an exhibitor normally, but again, just had a baby this past weekend, so uh, convention season's not starting until April for me. Um, join us next week. Secrets of the Sire on TalkingAlternative.com. Coming up next, we have 21st Century Entrepreneur with host J.C. Maldonado and Joan Pelzer, who I believe is under the weather, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, J.C., you know, oh, no, that's news to him. Well, she's going to be here, though. She's a trooper. Um, 
next week again. We're going to talk Oscars. We're going to we're going to bring back the diversity topic. Um, kind of have a couple new insights on the on the uh, the idea of the Oscars, and also kind of shocked something shocked me that just kind of demonstrates the uh, the the urgency behind the diversity issue. Um, and I'll talk more about that next week. So. Thank you again to all our Periscope peeps at Michael underscore Dolce. Go to secretsofthesire.com. Become a sponsor like Sports Tech. Just click on the Become a Sponsor link on Secrets of the Sire. And uh, until next week, this is Michael Dolce. Thank you, guys. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to 21st, 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant, and I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.